Welcome to the Thought Boss Podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm here to show you that all the help you need is already inside of you and that you're far more powerful than you give yourself credit for. I'm glad you're here. Now let's turn you into a Thought Boss. Episode 11, The Model. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? I'm so excited to be here. Listen, today I'm going over something that is absolutely fundamental to you being able to coach yourself, okay? Today we're talking about the model, and it really should have been my first episode, but I did my first episode back when I had just gotten done with training, and my brain was so full of coaching jumble that I was not really thinking straight. And so I went back and listened to my first episode. I was like, what in the world am I talking about? So if you've listened to it, that's great. And there's still awesome stuff in there. It's just, it's kind of advanced. And I think getting down to the basics is really helpful sometimes, actually all the time. The basics are all you need. So today we're going to talk about the model. The model is just the tool that I use to coach people and to coach myself. It's basically like a formula. Like when you're when you're in like algebra two, they've got like X plus Y equals Z. It's simpler than that. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not good at algebra. I th- I'm pretty sure that was the first class I got like a C minus in. I was heartbroken. I'm just not good at algebra and that's okay with me. I think if I wanted to be, I could be, but I'm not. Okay, anyway, um, yes, a formula. The model is a formula where you plug in your thoughts and your feelings and what comes out the other side is your result, okay? So it's gonna be really basic but very, very helpful, okay? Here we go. The model is a five-part formula, And what it does is it takes all the drama that's in your brain and it makes it understandable. So you fill in the blanks with your own personalized stuff and you see how you're making your life what it is. In fact, it it really makes your whole life understandable. And here's how. So the first part of the model is our circumstances. So you start out by writing down a circumstance that you're struggling with. So let's pick one. We're just going to pick a really boring one. I don't know why. Maybe next time. I th- If you follow me on Instagram, today I will do an Instagram live where I do a more exciting model. But for now, this is what I wrote when I did this. So we're going to do the traffic, okay? It's easy to understand. Everybody knows about traffic, especially if you live in a city, really. Okay, so everybody hates traffic, right? Now, if we want to put traffic in our model, you can't actually just put traffic in the circumstance. You have to get down to the bare bones facts of what traffic is. And it's the exact facts of the situation minus any of your opinions or your thoughts about it. Okay. So the circumstance like traffic is terrible at six o'clock. It's not actually a circumstance, right? You can't just say, Traffic is always bad at six o'clock, even if you think it's true, okay? It's not provable in a court of law. You can use adjectives in a circumstance, um, 
but only if they're really basic ones like red or blue, not like crazy or funny or something like that. Adjectives are actually just opinions, right? An adjective is something that you describe the way that you feel about it. So terrible traffic doesn't actually exist as a fact. So for the traffic to be a circumstance, we'd have to say something like my car is going 15 miles an hour on the freeway or the number of cars on the road is 10 times the number of cars at 4 a.m., which is hard to prove, but it takes all the emotion out of it, right? It's just the basics. Like there's some cars on the road, right? It's very basic. So what we're here, what we're doing here is we're trying to make the fact neutral so that we can see how all the drama is really just created by us and the thoughts that we're having about it. Okay. So people most, even if most people say that, that that's bad traffic, that your definition of how many cars are on the road or how fast you're going on the freeway is bad traffic. It still doesn't make it a fact. So in your circumstance line, you would write, you know, X number of cars on the freeway, or I'm going 15 miles an hour in a 75 mile an hour zone. Okay. And all the parts of the model are connected. So that's our C or our circumstance. So we put a C at the top of our paper. Under your circumstance, we'll write a T. The T stands for thought. So what happens after a circumstance in our model is we have a thought about the circumstance. Actually, we have a lot of thoughts. Our brain just keeps going. With the traffic, it's something like, oh, this traffic sucks. And I'm so tired of rush hour, or we would have gotten through this so much faster if we would have just left 10 minutes ago. Or usually for me, I'm like, what is going on up there? Like, why is this so slow? Why doesn't everybody just drive like the speed limit and not slow down? So you're going to have all these thoughts, right? But when you're filling out a model, you just pick one. It doesn't matter which one you pick out because you'll get down to the bottom of it. Okay. So the purpose of filling out the model is just to gain some awareness of your brain and how it's working. So here's what our model looks like so far. We've got a circumstance. My car is moving at 15 miles per hour on the freeway. And then directly following, we've got a thought. So let's pick one. How about I'm so sick of traffic. We're going to put that in the thought line. That might be a sentence you actually think in your brain or say out loud. Okay. That's all a thought is. It's a sentence in your brain. Okay. So we've got those two things. And one thing to know about thoughts is that they are actually always optional. They're not factual. Opinions are optional. And how we see or how we judge or we love something, that is also optional, meaning you get to choose what you think. You have full control over it. I know that you're saying right now, like, I don't have control over it, but just because it's subconscious or automatic does not mean that you don't have control over it, okay? So a sentence or a thought is just a sentence in your brain and it's often not even recognizable as a sentence because it happens so fast. Okay. We're on default when it comes to most of our thoughts, because when your brain thinks 60,000 plus thoughts a day, it likes to be efficient. So thoughts that you think over and over again, they create these pathways in your brain. 
They're like these super highways that just keep getting deeper and deeper, like a river where the water keeps running through it. That path becomes deeper and deeper or more and more embedded in the land because it's the path of least resistance, okay? So your brain likes to save energy, so it will think the same thoughts over and over again without questioning them, okay? Questioning our thinking, though, is one of the most powerful things we can do because that is where our lives change. Any change that ever happens in our lives, it first happens in our thoughts. Now stick with me. I'm going to say this again so that you understand. Think about this. Your thoughts that you're thinking right now, the sentences in your brain, they're not facts. They're not true. There's no like thought police that says like, now you're thinking a true thought and now you're thinking a false thought. It's just not even, it's not even something you could judge your thoughts to be true or not true. Your thoughts are sentences that your brain has offered to you based on how you grew up or who you grew up with and your culture and your memories and your natural disposition and your habits, your own personality, okay? When your brain offers you a thought, most of the time you just believe it because that's the easiest thing to do. We just kind of think that our brains as part of us want us to be happy, but that's not really true, okay? So we choose to believe or we automatically believe everything that our brain offers us, right? Instead of questioning it, but questioning our thoughts, our automatic thoughts, can be so powerful. So we could choose to intercept a thought or just catch it once we've thought it and then we question it. And we can, one, question if it's true or if we believe it's true. Just question if you really believe it. And two, we can question if it's a thought that we want to keep on thinking or if it is a thought that's helping us in some way, or I like to say a thought that is serving us. Okay. That's kind of like a coachy term. Um, so it's, we need to figure out if it's a thought that we want to keep thinking, which if it's helping you or if it's serving you, it's probably a thought that you want to keep thinking, right? Okay. So don't get caught up in trying to only think true thoughts because it's not possible. Just don't even ask yourself, is this, is this a true thought? Ask, do I believe this thought? Is it true to me? Meaning like, do I believe it, right? So there's no standard of what is true or not. We, we tend to think that if something is true, like that's because everybody just agrees on it. We think that something's true because everybody else would say so, right? Like if you pulled a hundred people, like they'd all say so. But what is true is just what we choose to believe is true, okay? Just at least in this life, at least in your own mind and your own brain, okay? So let's move on to the next part of the model because all of it is connected and everything affects every other part of it. So we've got a circumstance, We've got a neutral circumstance, totally neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not anything. It's just a circumstance. And then we've had a thought about it. So the next thing that happens is that thought that we just chose to think, it produces a feeling or an emotion. 
So the third part of the model is feeling. We've got circumstance, thought, feeling, C-T-F. So when I say feeling, what I mean is something like love, anger, fear, frustration, curiosity, apathy, sympathy, confidence. There are so many emotions. If you just Google emotions wheel, it will give you like the most basic emotions, but there's like 120 of them. There's so many. Oh, that's probably wrong. I don't know how many there are. There's a lot. Okay. So every emotion that you can have, it's just a signal that your brain sends from your brain to your body. So you have a thought, it creates a literal chemical in your body that causes you to feel an emotion. So when we talk about feelings, we kind of like to think that they're made up in our heads, but what we're talking about is in our body, okay? To know what you're feeling, you search your body for the feeling. Where do you feel it? What does it feel like? How is it showing up in your body? You can also go back and listen to my podcast episode. I think it's number two um, on feeling your feelings. Maybe it's three, two or three. And you'll better understand how to feel your feelings and what feelings are. So thoughts are in the mind and feelings are in the body. So this doesn't include things like hunger or being tired or feeling like real physical pain. Those can be amplified by thoughts, but for the most part, those things aren't created by your thoughts alone. They're more like normal bodily caution lights, right? Like blinking yellow lights that remind you to keep yourself alive by breathing and eating and sleeping. Okay. Those are, we're not talking about those. I think Jody calls them. Let's see. What are they called? Hmm. It's kind of, I'm spacing it right now, but anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about emotions. Okay. So, um, emotions or what we refer to in the model as feelings, they happen after you think a thought. So going back to our model that we're using, our example, you have this circumstance, which is my car is going 15 miles per hour. Then you have a thought like, I'm so sick of this traffic. Now, when you think that thought immediately, a feeling shows up in your body and it's probably something like frustration or anger. This is where road rage comes in. Not everybody has road rage though, right? Like not everybody responds the same to traffic because they all have different thoughts and everybody has different feelings for different thoughts. Sometimes people are just more intense, right? (laughs) Some people's anger triggers are like, they got a lot of hormones in there that like help them be angry, right? Sometimes you're just mildly irritated if you're thinking, I'm so sick of this traffic. Maybe you just like don't get worked up a lot and that's okay, but it's still a feeling. You had a thought and you're feeling a feeling. So the intensity of the feeling depends a little bit on your natural inclinations and, but it depends also heavily on where you choose to go from there. So we don't normally think in these like, well, we never really think in these secluded one sentence thoughts, right? They're more like these monologues in our minds and we say it inside of our head and it makes our feelings stronger and stronger. And we add up all these thoughts and all these feelings together. They're kind of bundled in there. So if you keep thinking about the traffic and how stupid and irritating it is, and then your brain starts to point out all the bad drivers and 
all the people who could be carpooling, but they aren't. You get more and more frustrated or angry or irritated. So it's normal to be angry at rush hour because it's just culturally normal to hate being held up for any reason in America, at least. I don't know how it is if you're in like somewhere else, but here in America, for some reason, we're just always in a rush. (laughs) I don't know why. We feel like the traffic is inconveniencing us. But just because it's culturally normal to think those thoughts and feel those feelings, it doesn't mean that that's absolutely necessary to do so. So when we're talking about feelings, we have to use one word, emotions, if we're filling on our model, right? So you tune into your body and you see what it's saying. And that's how you can pinpoint what you're feeling. So sometimes it helps to close your eyes and stop thinking and just try to sense what's going on in the rest of your body. Are you shaky? Are you calm? Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you feeling what feels like pressure in your chest? Are you kind of tight? You have tingles on your arm. Um, Feelings, because they're made of energy, we can kind of sense where they are. Okay, we can create that energy. Isn't that kind of cool? We can create high energy or low energy in our bodies with the thoughts that we choose to think. So feelings are directly connected to thoughts. And because thoughts are optional, we get to choose what thoughts to think and what our energy is like. So we'll come back to that later. That's kind of a side thing. But let's move on to the fourth step of our model. After, so we've written down, going 15 miles an hour in traffic thinking the thought, this is so stupid, I hate traffic, you have the feeling like irritated. So after the feeling in our model, we've got C, T, F, then there's an A, and the A is for action. Our actions are based on how we feel in the moment, okay? Listen to to me again. What you do is heavily, heavily fueled by however you're feeling in the moment, okay? It's not always something we're doing, though. Sometimes it's something we're not doing or just the way that we're showing up around people, kind of our energy, kind of the vibe, right? So in fact, a lot of a negative emotion leads to inaction. Inaction, if you're trying to reach like a goal or you have a dream or something, like inaction is deadly, to goals and dreams. The fastest way to not reach your goals is to do absolutely nothing. But so many times we try to work, we try to like behave in a way that contradicts what we're thinking. We try to just like grit our teeth and just work hard while our thoughts are this like constant stream of you can't do this or look at what so-and-so's thinking of you or what they're saying, or this isn't working. Don't even try. And eventually we get completely worn down and quit if we're trying to work against what our natural thoughts are. So when you realize that your actions are fueled by your emotions, you can start to create an emotion that's going to help you get things done how you want them done. So if we go back to our traffic example, We've got a, or we've got a circumstance. I'm going 15 miles an hour in traffic. We've got our thought, which is, oh, traffic is so stupid. I'm so tired of traffic. And then we've got a feeling, which is like irritated or irate or angry, right? And then we've got an action. That feeling doesn't just sit there. It causes us to do something. 
Sometimes it's just like to spin in our thoughts, to just keep thinking and to the action is to increase our energy towards this negative thing, right? Or if you're in traffic, like people start honking their horns, right? This is how people get in accidents. They start swerving through traffic or they get on somebody's tail or interesting. Think about this when you're in traffic and you're thinking like, this is super irritating and you feel irritated. It's not a good emotion, right? You don't want to feel it. So you try not to feel it. You buffer usually with your phone or some food. You don't want to feel the discomfort of just sitting in traffic, whether you're bored or whether you're just angry. You try to cover it up with feeling something else. So that's how we get in accidents in traffic, right? Like somebody gets distracted, they turn on the radio, they turn on their phone, they start looking at their phone, and they create an accident. It makes traffic even worse. So listen, this is not a helpful cycle, okay? So do you see how your feeling is creating your action? Your feelings always show up in your actions. Anytime you're around someone and you're like kind of nervous or you're um, self-conscious, that always comes off in your actions, okay? And it's not always something you're doing. Sometimes it's just that you're not saying anything or you know, your hands are in your pockets or you, you freeze up. You don't know what to say, right? That's, that is fueled or created by your feelings. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So the last part of the model, after you've written this all down, then you, then you write down like the final sentence. Okay. It's an R and it stands for result. Now your result is just what this whole model is creating for you, okay? It's not about anybody else. It's just what has this thought, feeling, action chain created in your life? So really, this is just about awareness. We're trying to build awareness of what you're thinking and what you're feeling and how it's showing up in your life, okay? So in that moment that you're thinking a thought, you just don't even try to be perfect, right? Often if there's a problem, it's it's because we've already taken action in a way that wasn't helpful and we're getting results that we didn't want. So the purpose of the model is not to turn you into a perfect person or to fix you or to change you, okay? The purpose of the model is to bring awareness to you of how exactly you're creating all the results that you're getting in your life. So let's see, in our example, our thought was traffic is so stupid, right? And what I said was interesting about what action you took when you were feeling irritated. You're not making traffic any better, right? You're just buffering. You're trying not to feel angry, but you're still, the anger's still there. You haven't chosen to feel it, which means it can't really pass through you. And angry drivers make terrible decisions. They make traffic even worse, or in the least, it's not making traffic good for you. So it just proves that thought true that you were thinking, which is that traffic sucks, right? So if you want to keep getting those results, keep thinking those thoughts. So anyway, the purpose of it is not to change, okay? We don't have to change every thought that we're thinking. We really just want to be aware how the result that you get is always coming from your thoughts, okay? 
So most of the time, the result, it's kind of hidden from anyone else. It will come out, but nobody really knows what the result is for you because it's a lot of it is a feeling or just a confirmed thought, right? It's just this assurance that things are going a certain way. Sometimes the result is a newly formed belief about ourselves or maybe just a more cemented belief about ourselves and our circumstance. So the main purpose of writing down our results is to see exactly how you're creating your life by your thoughts that you're thinking. It's just natural for us to blame our circumstances for what we see showing up in our lives. We just naturally like to place blame on everything around us because it's easier. It's easier to believe that something can't be changed and that it's that thing's fault than it is to just take responsibility for our results. So Brooke Castillo, who came up with the model, the CTFAR, she says, the model never lies. When I first heard that, I was like, are you sure? Because I don't know if a model can really tell me like that I'm getting results from my thoughts. Like I just didn't really buy into it. But as I've done model after model after model on myself and my clients, if you're honest in the model, if you really write down what you were thinking and really write down what you were doing and be honest about it, it never lies. So sometimes when I'm like writing out a model for myself, I try to fix the model while I'm writing it out because I realize that I was doing something I didn't want to do. But it's so important to stay present in your current model because when you see fully and you take this full responsibility for your result, that's when you're in your power. You start to realize that because you created something you didn't want, you can also create something that you do want. The model is pure magic when you realize that your life is just math. It's just X plus Y equals Z. It really is simple. Everything you want is completely in your power to create and you can use the model to create the results that you want. So let's overview. The model is a tool that we use to coach. We coach ourselves most importantly, right? It's most important to just coach yourself and then coaches use it to coach other people. Side note, I highly um, unrecommend, disrecommend, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but I highly recommend that you don't try to coach other people. When I first learned about this, and probably every other woman that I've talked to, they like try to tell it to their husbands. And they're like, so tell me what you're thinking. And then he's, he's like, no, I'm not interested in this. Right. And if he finally does it, like all you end up doing is showing them that like, look, like this is the result that is in your life and you don't want it. Like it's all your fault that your life is like that. And nobody wants to hear that. Okay. Nobody wants to hear it unwillingly. This is why you have to be willing to be coached. That's why sometimes when people come to me, sometimes they're just not a good fit because they're not ready or willing to be wrong about their own thoughts. And if somebody's not willing to be wrong, they're not really ready to be coached. They kind of need to be coached on being ready to be coached, but they've got to do it themselves. So anyway, the model is the easiest way for us to map out our experiences, categorize everything into circumstances and thoughts and feelings and actions and results. And then the puzzle starts to come together and it's really simple, but it can get messy if feelings are involved, which is why 
everybody needs to go to a coach. This is why I go to a coach because I'm in it. I'm feeling the emotion and the frustration and the fear and the anger. And when you tell it to somebody else, they can map it out for you. They can make the circumstances neutral because to us, circumstances aren't neutral. There's this really terrible or really awesome or, you know, we just think that we're justified in whatever we do. So a coach can help you to see like, this is actually just a neutral circumstance. Like you don't have to feel terrible about this, or you don't have to feel fear about this. Look at what your brain is doing. Look what your body is doing. Okay. So it's easy to try to judge your model when you're coaching yourself and say that you shouldn't be feeling or shouldn't be thinking a certain thing. But I really recommend allowing yourself to just be aware and observe yourself without judgment. You can't change yourself from a place of judging yourself and hating yourself and thinking that your thoughts and your feelings are all wrong and you've done it wrong your whole entire life. You just have to take whatever you've got in your model and say, it's totally okay for it to be there. There's nothing wrong about this. I am totally normal. This is perfectly okay. Because once you do that and you try to change yourself from a place of love and from acceptance, that's when you're going to get real good results, the results that you want. Okay. Judgment is a whole other model. When we start thinking about our thoughts and it turns into this messy tornado of shame and guilt and frustration and hurt and fear, all of this, all this stuff that's not helpful. So just chuck the judgment at the door when you're coaching yourself and just be an outside observer of your thoughts and your feelings and your results. You say things like, Oh, that's so interesting. that I'm getting that result or wow. I didn't realize I was thinking that thought it's fascinating when you allow yourself to be this like scientist of your own brain and you just see what you do in certain situations and circumstances. So before you try to change anything, try to just sit with whatever your current model is, make sure you're being honest on all parts of it and then allow yourself to feel the emotion that's in your feeling line, feel it in your body, allow it, allow it to be there. Be present with yourself. My friend, you are a beautiful human who deserves awe and respect. You are 100% worthy all the time from your birth to your death. You're always worthy of love. You are valuable exactly as you are. You are not your thoughts. You are not your actions or your emotions. This is just your brain. This is just a way to see what your brain is doing. Okay. So you don't self-sabotage. So your brain doesn't sabotage your dreams and your goals. Okay. They have nothing to do with how amazing and lovable and awesome you are. If you want some help with a model, please DM me on Instagram and maybe I'll pick it for one of my lives. I'm so excited for you guys to learn more about the model because it is the best tool that you can use to change your life. If you really want to change or you have a problem or you just want to know yourself better, it's so helpful. So if you have questions on it, go ahead, reach out to me on Instagram, Thought Boss Coaching, and I will see you there. Bye guys. Hey, thanks for listening. For more help with specific problems, visit ThoughtBossCoaching.com. 
sign up for a free coaching consultation to see if coaching is right for you. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.